Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. What's goody Hot Breathiverse? Today's episode tackles the topic of corporate gigs. Yoshi and I do a live stream every Tuesday on our YouTube channel. And this week's episode, we're talking about the corporate gigs we booked this year, the good and the bad, to give you some tips on how you can book future corporate work, or you just get to hear some fun behind the scenes stories of what it's like as a full-time working comedian. So enjoy yourself and go subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can join us every Tuesday on our live joke feedback hour. Yes, I mean, I went to Charlotte. Uh, it was a 1 p.m. gig. Um, mm. RKW. Uh, that's that the, was one of your things. That yo, was that's on the vision board. Yo, that's Comedy my jam. Yo, afternoon <laughs> shows. That that's that's, that's a blessing right there. That's what we working towards, baby. One p.m. show, but it was in Charlotte, which means I was up at like six to leave at seven to get to the mm. show on time. Okay. Which means get to the show on time means get there early, eat in the car, which for all my road dogs out there, we had some sardines, some canned sardines, that loud pack of uh, sardines and um, some trail mix as mm -hmm. well, and uh, a Quest bar. So a real nice balanced meal, which pre-pandemic, when I was like living on the road, I, I made videos of me eating like sweet potatoes with tuna. I would have like a baked sweet potato and I would mix tuna in it. Um, I had boiled eggs that I put in the hotel fridge and the hotel fridge was too cold. So it froze the eggs. So I have a video of me eating frozen hard boiled eggs. <laughs> and, my, and after after I posted it, my wife Venmoed me and said, get my real lunch. <laughs> Which was funny. Um, so yeah, so this was this was one of those road gigs, you know. Um, it was a corporate gig, so those are those are the gigs that make it all worth it when when you when that check clears. But still, we we lived on the edge, baby. I love that road grind. So I was eating sardines before the gig in my car, change in the car, all those good things. Um, the gig was the gig went well, um, well enough. Um, I mean, it was one, it's a holiday party, so they can be hit or miss. So like the audience was fun, but it was like, okay, haha, -ha, next joke, haha, -ha, next joke, haha, -ha, next, yeah. it, like there wasn't any, there wasn't any momentum. It like, you know, if you do a set long enough, it'll start to build and you can get some roll as we call it in the game. But it was really like every joke you had to reprove yourself for 45 mm. minutes. Like I thought by, thought by, you know, 10, 15 minutes in, I was like, all right, we'll get in there. But every single one was like, all right, next. All right, next. All right, next. Yeah. 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 Um, but they really liked the, they really liked, um, like the crowd work and stuff. And I need to, I need to be better at remembering to have fun on stage. I was talking, uh, afterwards with the comic that opened and it, it was just like, cause he struggled too. And he, he was at the point his, he's been doing a few years, but he's at the point 
we were talking after to where if a joke misses that he then addresses it and then like try like instead of just go like you just want to keep going and the audience will come to you but when you're young if a joke misses then you feel like you gotta address it and be like oh i guess you didn't like that one. Oh, i guess you didn't like this one either so he was at that point um yeah but we were talking afterwards about just remembering to have fun and like i was having fun with the audience and they were liking it but then i was in my head about but this is stand up and I got to remember to do my material. So I kind of kept going in and out of that. Um, and it was a good reminder. This just, just, I mean, at the end of the day, just have fun. Your job is to provide a fun show. And if they want to be more interactive, then let that be what the show is. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good, man. I'm um, such a purist, though, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We we get, you know, we get in our booty. I had my gig um, last week. Uh, it was, it was a good gig. I'd give it, you know, I, I, I'm, I don't lie to myself about sort of how I do. I'd give myself sort of like a B minus for the gig overall. Um, and I'll say a B minus, uh, mostly because like, so after every gig, I always do like an evaluation. You and I have talked about this. I don't know if I've shared it on hot breath, what I did well, what I didn't do well and what I could improve on the next time. Mm. every gig no matter what, always do that and, and I do it like immediately after like before I start crying in the car uh, immediately after <laughs> the gig <laughs> did you really I didn't I didn't I, I would say like I didn't cry this time but definitely there was like a throw up coming I was just like Oh, we've all been there. Was, oh, it was just, it did not feel good in the bodies. My kneecap started hurting. I was like, do I have arthritis or is this just not a great set that I had? So I'll say overall, what well is that I actually wrote like a completely like a new 20 minutes for the gig because I was hired to roast them. So this is corporate people. And there's about maybe like between 10 to 15 people in the room. And I wrote jokes for all of them, pretty much. And maybe like uh, wrote jokes for every single person. And basically like I had bios on them, like background stuff, wrote jokes for every single person. And my, you know, my set was supposed to be like 40 to 45 minutes. So 20 minutes was meant to be roast and then other 20 minutes was meant to be like my stuff and i really didn't like redo my stuff or like go over my stuff i just know my material it's 20 minutes like i have enough to know what i can go in and out of and usually like i would say the way i typically do my set is i know my first joke and i know my closer everything kind of in between is based on how audiences like react to stuff so like the first couple of jokes i'm just kind of like I'll say this is something that Drew Thomas taught me, not like physically taught me, but like I watched him do like a weekend and the first couple, like five minutes of his set, he's just like working the audience. And then the rest of his set is built on how they react to things. He's asking questions. Are y'all in all this other stuff? So I I've done that mostly probably for the last couple of years that I don't have like a set list unless I want to get stuff out. But it's mostly like first joke, last joke, but everything in between is just 
stuff from the joke list that I can go to. Mm-hmm. But with this show, so like the first 20 minutes of it, so like the roast stuff, it was pretty decent. Like it was, I'd, I'd give it like a B, B plus. Um, hardest part is just like, I didn't have a microphone. What? In a room that was just like, a, yeah, yeah, I didn't have a microphone. I was in a room that was like a long table, but it was a long table, like one of those conference room tables at like a restaurant. But then, so there were seven people on one side that was pretty much back to me as I was performing, right? The other thing was like, this was like a surprise gig. Only two people knew that there was going to be comedy. Oh, The person that basically booked it and then the per- the uh basically in essence i mean the big dog let's put it that way the biggest of the big dogs it was kind of his surprise he was like oh let's comedy and this person booked it basically so no one else knew so as i walked as i walked in everyone stops their conversation and it's just like who are you and it's like i am Here's the thing. I'm wearing like a super nice suit, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm dapper as hell. Right. But like I come in as they're just in the middle of having conversations (laughs) and then I have to reset whatever is happening in the room to then perform. So I'm the comedian. We're going to have a comedy show uh get ready to laugh i'm here to roast you and here's the crazy part like my first like thing was to be like i can't do this without a mic so i brought a mic and just had it in but it was just a mic just to hold i was just like i can't just talk like no hand like this this feels natural when i'm on a stage just doing this i i can't do that like on a stage without like hands or whatever so I brought like a basically a fake mic just to like perform. So that's how the set started, right? <laughs> and to your point, every single every even like oh my God. even the jokes that I did have, right? So I brought my iPad because I didn't like memorize the entire twenty minute set. Like I had like a month and a half, so uh, so I had stuff, but I knew them, right? So I'm going through the iPad and I'm touching each person. I'm just like bam, bam, bam. But everything, to your point, had to be reset. Ha! Do, do, do that funny thing again. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like, it, I had to reset the whole over and over again. So even that part, I was, I was getting through it and like, you know, some laughed, some not laughing. But what I recognize is they did a lot more talking amongst themselves after... I did a joke about them. So there was just a lot of like chitter chatter based on the joke, but because they're friends and like they know each other. So it was actually a good thing. But the thing that I recognize is I didn't pick up on that. And I wish I would have just leaned into like my improv skills mm-hmm. and just like did more and improvise more. Instead of what I did do was like just trying to get through those jokes. I was like, I need to just get through these jokes that I wrote, these jokes that I worked on, so I can go into 
my material that I'm comfortable with. Right. That's for sure going to work. Yeah. Yeah. That for sure is going to work. And then as soon as I start into my set, I'm like, they're not feeling none of it. Like (laughs) zero connection to anything. And this like, and I think I, re- I also like, I also try to like evaluate some of the stuff that I was saying. And I recognize that I touch on topics that are very, that could be very uncomfortable for corporate people to talk about when you have high level people in the room. There's this concept in corporate America called the hippo. You ever heard of the hippo? Uh-uh. It's, it's the highest paid person in the office. And there's this concept kind of like when we, when we do shows, right. And you see that, uh, like a husband and wife where the husband will look at his wife to see if he's laugh if she's laughing and then he'll laugh at the joke. Uh-huh. If it's like a sex, it's like a, like some kind of uncomfortable joke or whatever. That's how they were about all, a lot of my jokes. I talk about race. Here's the thing. Here's what I recognize. I talk about race. I talk about poop. I talk about being uncomfortable. I talked about all these things at dinner right before they were supposed to have like cake and dessert. I think to them, it was very much like, why are we talking about like poop and race and all these like, (laughs) I think it was just uncomfortable dinner conversations. But in a comedy setting, I would have destroyed but in this setting of like super, like these aren't like low level executives. This is top of the food chain executives. And they just were not into any of my material whatsoever. But I also like recognize that I didn't really set them up to be into my material because they don't knew nothing about me. All they really knew is I'm a comedian, right? And even in some of the stuff that I roasted them, I talked a little bit about myself, but I wouldn't, I wasn't trying to give much away. So I did my set as if I was in a comedy room. But what I really recognize is this whole room is not set up as a comedy room. Like it was just not the right place for me to do my hot 20. You know what I'm saying? Like in a normal setting, this would have been great. But man, so I think my hot 20, I mean, here's the thing. I got through about 15 minutes. I went to my closer uh, and they were not feeling the closer. And I was just like, oh, hey guys, thank you so, so much. I have been Yoshi. In the middle of it? No, yeah, yeah. Like as I was, getting into it they weren't feeling like the opener to my closer is funny they weren't into it the midsection of my closer is even funny they weren't like they weren't into any part of it but that's kind of how it went all the way through like i got a couple of laughs like here and there but it was not consistent for sure my last 20 minutes was a certified bomb (laughs) certified Bomb. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, with the, there was no feelings. There was no, there was no qualms about it. It was like I was pulling, 
trying to pull stuff out of that audience. Um, and they just were not feeling it. And so the funny thing is I, <laughs> I ordered some food right beforehand so I could like get it to go. Dude, I walked out of that place, did not turn around. I was like, <laughs> I don't want <laughs> Right afterwards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I didn't get the I just, I just, I just, I left as fast as possible. Because here's the thing, here's what I recognize. And the thing I've got to work on. So this is the other thing. Yeah. The thing I need to work on is I need to be better about confronting, like, the awkwardness. Even as a professional, like, I realized I need to lean into my um, improv skills, mm -hmm. but I should have made the show much more interactive. That's the thing that I'll do better is not try to just get through the material that they asked me to do, but actually play with it where I could have actually injected my jokes as part of the actual set, what they were actually enjoying versus do their material that they basically asked me to write for and then do my material. I should have just interjected the whole thing kind of like together all the way through. And I should have like, been a bit more interactive with them in asking why they were laughing at certain things. Cause there's certain things that I said that like hit a nerve. I would have loved to get their feedback and see if I could like make more fun of some of that stuff as well. So like, I think the key for me, what I can do better is lean into my improv and listen, listening skills overall and not be so hell bent on just trying to get to my material. That's so funny that, we almost um, had the same takeaway for both of our gigs, in a sense. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I was I mean, funny. My, my takeaway wasn't bombing. Talk. I just want that. To, I mean, my takeaway was not bombing. Like, my, my set went very well. I just want you to know. I have a very high standard, so it can always be better. But I just my takeaway was not that I bombed. But it's funny that we're both like, we need to remember to have more fun in the moment and understand oh the God, context yeah. of the show we're performing at. The context, the room, the audience, right? Yeah. Like, how many did you perform in front of? Uh, it was, oh, it was maybe like 70, maybe? 70, okay. I performed in front of 12 people. Yeah, in a restaurant, right? essentially. In a restaurant, in a box, where I'm just yelling jokes. Uh, <laughs> they weren't saying? expecting. They weren't expecting. I'm yelling jokes at them. I'm telling them this stuff is funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... <laughs> you're a strange, like, because I know this gig, um, like, that you're talking about, um, and, like, people flew in for, like, this dinner. Like, this was, yeah, like, yeah, a this... big event for, like, high-level executives at Mercedes-Benz. And, and then you yes. show up yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, without a microphone. People, people, people had to get passports to come to this. Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like some people had, to, some people had to get clearance from the from the government to come through, <laughs> and then they did not know that there was going to be a tall immigrant comedian at their show. <laughs> Before their dessert. Like, guys, can you stop talking? <laughs> yeah. And so there was just like, I think that's the thing that it was like after 
the almost throw up in the car. Like I took some time, like the sleep was not good. It probably took me like, I, I think I was, I was probably depressed from it, maybe for like a good, like half a day. Wait, and hold on. You cut out after there. that. Even I your got, internet like, got depressed my... for a second. You cut out oh, and I... you were like, I got depressed. And then you like froze. <laughs> like your internet's like, don't go there, Yoshi. Don't go there. <laughs> it was, I said a good half a day. So a good half a day, I was just like in my feelings about this gig. And then when I got out of that, I was very much like, all right, let's do some true assessment yeah. of what could have been around it. I think I was just so, I think here's what hurt my feelings the most as I was like, I journaled afterwards, is that my material was the one that bombed. Mm. I was like, what in the world? You know what I'm saying? Like, that was like a shot to the heart. But I recognized, oh, we weren't really doing comedy. I was roasting them. That was the gig. The mm -hmm. gig was to roast them. I could have just interjected my jokes all the way through and they wouldn't have known the difference. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they would have just been like, he's funny. And I could have just did that all the way through. But when I saw it, I was like, oh, I'm gonna do 20. And here's the thing. I was like, I got, I was advised that this was like the approach to take, but I also recognize that even like agents, they don't know comedy in that way of yeah. what happens in a room, in a setting, in a box setting, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. At a restaurant that no one knows what's happening. Like they don't have that context. Did so you have that context going into it? I didn't have that context going in. I didn't know what I was going to get into. So I knew it was going to be a small... lesson of like, make was... sure you know every detail of the event before you get there. What's the setting? How many people? Like, all of that will help yeah. in the preparation. I, for sure. I think the diff the biggest difference that I know I would have done is from the top, I would have told everyone to turn around and put their phones down. Mm. We're going to do comedy. Like, I would have said that differently other than just going and just because I kind of had to talk over them a little bit. But I also didn't have a microphone. Without a so microphone. So I had to kind of like, hey. You know what I'm like, It was just this thing of like, what? They didn't know. So I had to set the expectation of what is happening. That that was one of the biggest things. I was like, ugh, I got to learn how to like. And here's the thing. I I host a lot. Yeah. But I host rooms that like know that there's going to be comedy. Mm -hmm. Never really done a room that didn't know that comedy was going to happen, where everyone was. So I didn't know it was going to be a surprise. I thought they know that it was coming and they'd look forward to it. So when did I you realize it was going to be a surprise? That there was... What'd you say? When did you realize it was going to be a surprise? When I arrived at the restaurant, like, oh, mind you, arrived at the restaurant. Uh, two hours early. They yeah, delayed it. it by another hour. Yeah, by another hour and a half. So I'm in the car just like going over jokes, right? So just the tension keeps building, building, building while I'm like in the car waiting. 
but that's when they told me. So like, it was like, oh, no one knows that they're going to get roasted. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> that's what he said when you got there? Like the guy was like, by the way, this is a surprise? Yeah. Yes. And in my head, I'm like, oh. In my head, that was like, oh, I got to work hard for this. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know I, learned, I, mean? I learned that lesson. Yeah. I did a baby mama baby shower. And it, it was booked by the mom of the girl that got knocked up. And in hindsight, this was seemingly like uh, a well-to-do, this seemed like an affluent white family. And she got knocked up by a black guy. And his family was there. Some of them wearing like football jerseys and stuff. So it clearly seemed like a culture clash where this girl just was going to hook up with this guy and end up getting knocked up. So the mom wanted me to come perform for the baby mom baby shower. And she told me ahead of time, everyone was super excited and all this. And then I got there. She's like, oh, come over here. And it was a surprise. Nobody knew I was going to be there, especially the baby mama who, and I pull, I show up with my speaker and my microphone and I'm ready to go. But basically one of her friends, after I'm there, I'm like hiding behind the bar. They had to like hide me. Um, And then, so basically her friend goes up like, her mom introduces me to one of her friends like, oh, this is the guy who's going to come like roast her. And I was like, roast? I thought I was doing comedy. I thought I was just doing stand-up. And long story short, the friend goes up, introduces me, and then I go up there. And I'm supposed to do 20 minutes. I'm in a pool house. It's like 3 in the afternoon. I have, a, I have my little speaker and my microphone. Nobody knows it's supposed to happen. I look like I look like uh, like a tax attorney or something like I look like someone about to serve papers on child support. Sure. The baby the 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 chick did not she was not impressed. She was on the couch just give me this look the whole time. It's like Oh yeah. It was a spite hire. Her mom it oh. was a spite hire for sure. Like I was picking up oh. the vibes of like oh she got oh. knocked up and her mom's not happy and this is her punishment paying me $300 to come hate myself for 20 minutes. I'll, I would do it again, but not for 300, but it was a local gig. So that's not bad for, you know, in town work, <laughs> but this was a few years ago. So I learned that lesson then of like, get all the details up front. Yeah. But the check clear. Yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Oh my God. That's so hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a, it's a good lesson just to be more in the moment. Yeah. I think we've, we've done this long enough. Like, remember that, like, you know, and also, you know, always go into a thing like every gig, there's also like a couple of things that I want to always remember. And I think having fun needs to always be at the top of that list. Yeah, like there's times that I remember it, and then times I don't remember it. But when I do remember it, the gig always goes well. Like mm-hmm. to remember to have fun supersedes like most things. Even if I'm not have, I'm not. The jokes aren't like landing. If I remember to have fun, it turns it for me. Yeah, more than anything else. Agree. Like, oh, these aren't landing. All right, let's let's try some. 
if a joke isn't landing, if I'm having fun, I'll try a new bit in the middle of a set mm -hmm. just because I'm going to have fun. So, and the best part is I think that comes off more authentic and the audience actually vibes with you. So is that the, oh, and Les Claypool asked, what range should corporates be paying? I don't want to throw out a specific number just because each one's different, but I would say in the thousands. Yeah, you should be getting four figures for corporates. Yes, yes. Four to five. Yeah, oh, five, yeah. Hey, more, I, yeah, I'll just say, yeah, at least at least four figures for like a corporate event. Um, now, er, for young comics listening, I mean, you know, you may work your way up to that. Um, in turn, you may take some, like I did, I've done things for less before early in my career, but once you get to like the professional level where this is your career and you're providing like, this is your livelihood, then, um, yeah, I, th I think four figures is definitely where the corporate range is. Um, sure. so where, uh, so the big takeaways, if we want to encapsulate it, number one, have fun. Yes. Remember to have fun. Yes. That's a big takeaway. I'd say number two, read the room. Like, mm -hmm. I think like, don't forget to like, actually engage with the audience more than just delivering of the jokes. I think at the end of the day, the jokes are always going to be there. But if you're having fun and engaging the audience and keeping the audience in mind, you do yourself a bigger favor by actually paying attention to them. Yes. And I think read the room can also have a part two of like, know the context of the room like so this could be at a corporate gig of like okay what is the company like what are they known for what do they do what do they stand for what like before before i did my show i like looked up rkw residential got a feel for their company culture their mission their vision what they've been up to this year knowing the context that way but also yeah. the context of like if you're in an open mic okay what is this a weekend show at 8 p.m. in prime time? Who's in the audience? Does this look like date night? Or is it a Tuesday sure. at 11 at an Irish pub they don't even expect comedy at? And it's just Absolutely. like the town drunks there. It's like reading, like knowing the context of all the shows you do can help determine your performance and also the feedback you're going to get at that performance. Yeah, absolutely. I will say the other, um, this is a good hindsight thing for me. Even if you share your stuff with bookers, agents, it doesn't mean that the people on the other end have actually seen it or know what's about to like your material. I didn't do anything different materially than what I showed on tape. Mm -hmm. But I would just say the booker was just like, oh, I knew you were funny. I didn't even watch it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. just remember, in your mind, you might've thought, oh yeah, they know this stuff, they've seen it. They may not have, even at the corporate level. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the corporate stuff also gets much more scrutinized. So they actually, when you, like they want clean, clean means like clean, clean, like oh, yeah. nothing that HR could like be in on. Yeah, I mean, clean, I mean, even if you have clean race material, like race in a yeah. in like a corporate environment can be divisive or whatnot. Like, yeah, there's like there's yeah. different there's different levels to clean. 
Um, so yes. that's another thing of context. Of like, you really want to know, is anything off limits? Are there topics I shouldn't say? Or like, you want all that information up front to help set yourself up for the best show possible. And it's fair to them to do that as well. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Woo! You brought right. you brought back memories of that baby mama baby shower. I had, I hadn't reflected on that in a minute. <laughs> but yeah, and that was um, I booked that one on Gig Salad because people will ask me about corporate stuff. So there's stuff like Gig Salad and the Bash and Thumbtack you can make profiles on, and um, most of most of my corporate stuff is word of mouth. For sure, like that's that's where most of like when people ask me about corporate work, a lot of it is word of mouth referral. The one I did in Knoxville, I like messaged a friend on LinkedIn I went to college with and they were having a holiday party. I like messaged people about it. I did like a lot of cold outreach that way. Um, yes. So if you're wanting to book some, look at your immediate network. Do you have friends or family that own or work at companies that may be doing a corporate event or something like that and kind of, Start with your inner circle and then work out from there. Yeah. But most of it will come from people you already know. And Absolutely. it'll come when you're ready. Yep. Very, very true. It all takes yeah. time. Use your circle. Use your network. Networking is a big part of the comedy game. Yep. Um, and as much as people want to focus on jokes, that's not the only... It's a business. Yeah. And never that. Um yeah, no, that's such a good point of just like these gigs are not, they're not easy to come by, but you're likely going to get them from somebody you already know. <laughs> yep. That's exactly. the reality. So just be patient, my friends. You will find, you will get them. <laughs> yeah. All in due time. Woo. All right, let's get to these jokes. <laughs> All right, it's joke feedback time. <laughs> Hilarious. All right. Woo! That was a good one, though. Yeah, dude, it was great. It was a good lesson. Always. Yeah. Each show yeah. is a lesson. Yep. And then the good thing is, like, two days later, I had another gig that helped me erase the memory of that gig. <laughs> well, there we go. It's all, yeah, that's all the, the ups and downs of this comedy game. Yep. We all go through it. Let's... All right. Let's get to the <laughs> The fact nobody knew Ugh. there was going to be a show. You're a stranger without a microphone roasting high level executives high level. High level. <laughs> people that flew in for this event are like what high is ha what is happening yeah 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 and you could tell there was just some people that weren't into it some people were just like wanting to go back to their conversation they were in the middle of conversation when it just <laughs> it's like <laughs> oh <skrr! laughs> you know how dj scratches and then stop yeah, stop yeah. The music. We got somebody in the building. You know what I mean? Like that's what happened. Except I wasn't Jay Z. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm just yeah, yeah. A comedian. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if it was like Trevor Noah, they would have been like, hell yeah. But it's just Yoshi. It's just this guy, mind you. 
they didn't introduce me. I introduced my damn self. <laughs> Hilarious. Gosh, I love it. <laughs> oh. That's um, how I'll be sometimes. Let all lessons learned. All right. So should we we should do some jokes. What do you say? Jokes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give some um, joke I, feedback. We have a hard stop because I got a gig tonight in the camp. Yeah. When when do you need to stop? Uh probably like six fifteen ish. Alright, well let all right. All right, all right, good. We have a hard stop. That's great. Yeah. Okay. And we have a timer, so we can get through this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll 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 run through them. But we hope that was at least um Somewhat helpful and um, yeah. h- helping give some point of view that even us as professional comedians, you know, these are all, this is all part of the, uh, part of the job we like to share with y'all. The, the side of the job people normally don't share. That's what this Absolutely. is all about. You know, also, I'll also say, also say as you like get ready for the first joke, um, the big thing, at least from a mental perspective for me, is... Do whatever you can to get over that bomb very, very quickly. Yeah, so how did you bounce back? Because you said only half a day. I used to be, like, depressed for, like, a week, dude, when I would, like, bomb or didn't go well. You know what I recognize is, like, (laughs) maybe this is just me because I'm a parent. Like, when I got home, like, the sleep was – so I said half a day. The, The thing was in the evening. Uh, you know, I didn't cry myself to sleep, but it wasn't great. Uh, <laughs> right. But like sleep was tough because it was the only thing on my mind. And then the next day, I'd probably say what like helped me get over it is honestly just like looking in my kids' faces and realizing they don't give two shits about whatever happened. They're just like enjoying life and like just coming back to reality. Yes that happened it sucked we move on <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying yeah they're never gonna understand the context why is daddy so depressed right now they're like they don't care they're like daddy you want to play <laughs> you know what i mean like that's all like they care about so i think for me that was the context that helped me get over it like oh it was just like you had a bad night you're gonna have a bad night every once in a while as long as you don't have a bunch of bad nights, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that- I haven't had that in a very long time. So just coming back to like reality check made it easier. And then I realized, oh, I got to work on the next thing that I'm doing. Like if I focused on the last thing, mm-hmm. my mental isn't able to actually go to the next thing, which I want to be good. You know what yep. I mean? Yeah. And so that was how I, you know, that, that's what took me out of that space was like, oh, I got, I got more stuff that I got to do. So it wasn't another corporate gig. Actually, it was another corporate gig using a totally different side of my skill set. I was hosting and DJing. Nice. But I still had to prepare for that anyway. So like yeah. just remembering going to the next thing, but you'd want your mindset into the next thing, not on the thing that, you know, you weren't happy about. Yeah, so even if you don't have a family and something to live for, just remember that you survived, you know? So even if you're feeling bad about the gig, just know 
okay, maybe that wasn't as bad as I'm reflecting on it and focus on what did go well. And if what yeah. did go well is that, hey, you got to perform. It could be the bar is that low and you start to stack the gratitude from there. So focusing sure. on the positive side of it will help you get over it and getting on stage as quickly as possible will help you bounce back quicker as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this, even though in my mind, I remember the last bomb that I had. Um, I remember counting how many laughs happened and I could count it like on my hands. And in this show, it was much more than just hands. You know what I'm saying? Like it was more laugh. So also put in perspective that even though I wasn't crazy about it, I know that they laughed for a lot of the time that I was there. You know what I'm saying? So like, just like remembering you know, it may not have been bad. We're all very self-deprecating as comedians to ourselves yep. and our own sets. So. Mm -hmm. It's usually never as bad as you think it is, and it's usually never as good as you think it is either. Yeah. So <laughs> just remember that, my friends. All right. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.